Hello everyone and welcome to the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast where we've turned up late to qualifying but I sellotaped our Ferrari engine before we started the race so we didn't retire and we got the automatic victory. You love to see it. Uh, my name is Mohammed and I'm joined by my co-host Yusuf and we're here to talk about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix which was I mean Yusuf you got anything to say about it? Not really I didn't. I didn't really watch it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's when you know something's wrong when one of us hasn't actually watched the race. You just like have low expectations. See, I hope you all uh, appreciate the honesty. It's fine. I was a. Uh... Do you know I haven't actually been that interested. To be perfectly honest, I actually just don't care anymore. Like I was watching, I was watching qualifying, yeah. And even when it got to the final runs, I was in bed with my laptop and I was on Twitter the whole time. Was I on F1 Twitter? Sometimes. Even I even got bored of that at some point. So I was just sat there, barely watching it. I'd hear Crofty scream a little bit. Someone might touch the wall. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's just, I'm not that invested anymore, to be honest. Yeah. I think I was, uh, I mentioned this a few weeks back, actually. I think we did an episode a few weeks back, so I, uh, a few weeks back, where I mentioned that, you know, <laughs> like, you watch F1, you see all the episodes, you do all of this, and then you're like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bored. I don't want to watch the race. Really, you know, you see the race and you're like, yeah. So, so what? Like, qualifying's happening. You're like, ah, I missed the fantasy thing. Maybe next week. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah. uh, it's mainly, it's mainly because we we have been filming for quite a bit. It's been quite a few months, so that's probably why. But yeah, let yeah. us know. Actually, it's quite interesting because I feel like. I don't know. I see the it might be the confirmation bias, but I'm seeing it in other places as well. Maybe it's just the Lewis Hamilton side of things, because obviously with him now, wherever he is on the field, it's not as interesting for his fans. But like at the same time, it is 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 so annoying. But at the same time, like I don't know if you're fans of other drivers or whatever. I don't know. Are you still? I'm sure Ferrari is still really passionately invested in what's going on. They might emotionally detach themselves from the racing at some point, but I, I'm not sure. It's just a little bit doesn't hit the same. We'll see. I'm sure we'll get into it along with the rest of the stuff. But first, we will begin as usual with uh, the unrelated thing of the week. So, Yusuf, do you have like a random fact or something for us? It's a video of basically it was made actually a long time ago, but I found it recently. Um, it's a video that makes fun of the whole season. So they sent you try and explain everything that happened for with a funny reason. So Max in Silverstone, he, he's allergic to the apex. Uh, Max uh, Monza, he pulled out some karate moves, uh, stuff like that. So it's a very funny video. Like if you watch it, they make fun of like everything that happened across the whole season, basically. It's a summary of last season, yeah. but a comedy version of it. Okay, well, uh, I'll have to link that below in the uh, the YouTube video. I might do it in the audio. If you don't see it in the audio description, it's in the YouTube, go there. That actually reminds me as well. There's a, uh, I think they're Spanish and it's like a, it's like one of them like bad quality. I mean, to be honest, it's not even, it's, uh, it's, it's actually like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, you know, those um, children's videos where they have the animations and they sing like nursery rhymes or something and it looks really creepy. Imagine that but a summary of the race with commentary. But it's so random, like it's so random. Alonso is called Magic Alonso. He'll like dive down the inside, hold people up, end up winning the race. So it's not like 
fully accurate. Verstappen got sent to jail a couple races ago. Can't remember why, but he got sent to jail. Uh, it's just, it's hilarious, honestly. Whenever it comes out, uh, I see it on my Twitter and like people just start joking about it. Some quality memes come from there. It's, I'll link it. It's it's only like two minutes long or something. It's a great YouTube channel. They tweet it. It's, <laughs> it's worth watching. I feel like it just, I don't know. You won't get it until you watch it, if that makes sense. So, it reminds me a bit of I don't know why it reminds me a bit of tuned for me. Explanation. Yeah, yeah. Imagine tuned, but made by like I imagine just a Spanish man in his garage or something. So, yeah. <laughs> not professional. Well, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> does it end? Does it end up? Does it end up with Fernando winning every single race? Oh, I don't think so, but purely because Checo being uh, Mexican, he's not Spanish, but like they're Spanish links, so they quite like him and science as well. So I feel like Alonso always has a good race, I think, but he doesn't always win. But I feel like he always does something positive. So it depends that the positive depends on how, how you look at it, basically. Like him holding up yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. positive for him, not positive for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But even then, no one's crying about bias on Twitter, so clearly it's a uh, top quality journalism. So if you if you want if you haven't seen the race like Yusuf and you want a quality summary, watch the video because uh, you'll you'll know exactly what happened with no biases and completely accurate race results. Of course. Um, of course. All right. In terms of news. The first thing, actually, you know what? I'm going to order it like this. Recently, Yusuf's been on a streak. Uh, everything that I see on Twitter, all the main discussion points that happen, everything that people are talking about, we can't even, we're just ahead of the curve, really. Like the conversations that happen on this podcast are happening weeks in advance of everyone else purely because Yusuf's coming up with these things. The first one I saw like literally half an hour ago. There were rumours of Oscar Piastri going to Williams for, I think it's next year, but some people are saying maybe midway through this year. And then Williams would switch from Mercedes to Renault engines. There are the main discussion points in general, we'll skip over them so we can discuss, are um, Ferrari and their reliability, whether Charles is actually going to continue with them if they carry on like this, because... Why would he stay if they're performing like this? You know, he's clearly a very talented driver, blah, blah, blah. We've already talked about that. And then the other one is porpoising safety. Obviously, there are videos of Lewis Hamilton getting out of his car in severe pain. There's him on the radio talking about it. There's other drivers as well, loads of quotes from different drivers. And now there's discussions about the FIA getting involved for the sake of driver safety, which is also something Yusuf mentioned, I think. What was it, last week or the week before? I can't remember, but... There's one more thing. You missed one more thing. The yeah. F1 is uh, in negotiations with with uh, South Africa to bring it back to the oh, grid yeah. next year. Yeah. I didn't mention that, but I mentioned it when we did our. I think it was in January when we did our favorite track type video, Dream Track. That was yeah. I mentioned that was it. Video. It was a very long time ago, and only someone who's actually been following. <laughs> Along like I'm not sure the videos would know, but we did mention like South Africa coming back, and it's kind of, it's nice to see like a race in Africa, you know. 
yeah, will yeah. be once we get the confirmation. I, I don't want to really get too excited like, now. Listen, Ted Kravitz, bro, imagine. Imagine the scenes of us carrying this podcast to big viewership. I end up going to South Africa with a mic in my hand as part of some sort of commentary team or sort of, like social media or something with a brand. And I meet Ted Kravitz there in South Africa. It's going to happen. I know you've gone signing because you know it's going to happen. So it's my Sure, 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 sure. Well, okay. So I don't, I don't want to ruin your dreams. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your dreams. So I'm just going to say bye. I'm, I'm manifesting on one of those guys in it. I'm going to turn into one of them finance people. Of course. I'm one of the crypto lads. Um, of course. All right. So did you, <laughs> did you want to comment on Piastri going to Williams? Um, it's probably going to be for Latifi, obviously. Like Latifi is going yeah, to come. Yeah. <laughs> Um, obviously, like the main reason for Latifi saying was they like they get a bit of experience. Obviously, they didn't want to have to, let's say, like uh, like a new driver. Like they have two new drivers. Let's say um, Albon has raced in F1, but he didn't have experience with the team. He was involved with the team before, so it'd be kind of a very new environment for him and stuff. Bringing in Piastri with how Latifi has been performing, it's kind of like he's not really been doing that well. Like he's not kind of like he's been improving. Like if you look at his results over the past few seasons, he has actually been improving ever so slowly. But now it's kind of like he's not really performing. So I can see Piastri going to Williams. Uh, Williams won't lose that much in terms of like funding from like his side. And they can make up that money if they switch to Renault and get a Renault engine. The issue is, um, the issue is, the unreliability or the underperformance of the Renault engine. But then the Mercedes engine is trash now. So you're like. Might be worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're last at the moment. They're extremely slow. They might as well have a little gamble and try it because like you said, like what's the albums like got some sort of experience now, but you don't need like I know with the amount of time and money they're going to be wasting with Latifi in the car, they might as well just go for it and try something because if the car's awful now and then it suddenly got good next year, with Latifi in the car next year as well, that's such a waste of good potential. Because the moment they have a good car, he's not going to bring in results and then you're missing out on points. There's only two drivers with no, with zero points and it's Mick Schumacher and this Nicholas Latifi. So you might as well just... You know, show show Oscar some love early, develop him during his career. Maybe he'll have some loyalties to the team and he might stay for longer when you're actually performing or something. But that's the thing. If he does go to Williams now, he's going with relation to Renault. So he would actually, he would, he would, sorry, he would, he would end up stay like he would end up leaving at some point to Renault. So it's not like a, a long-term plan, let's say. Like, they'd have him for a year, maybe two. Like, they'd have kind of like a, a George situation where they maybe have him for mm. two years, maybe. A year and a half at max. Um, I don't see, like, I don't see him staying maybe, like, if he comes midway through this season, probably half of the season, next season, and then probably he'll leave. Yeah, is it, is it worth Is it worth <clears throat> switching to a slower engine for that? Like, even with the unreliability of the Mercedes engine and all of that, you know that 
with the new regulations coming in and stuff, it is a lot more reliable. It's a lot better than Renault one. So why switch to an underperforming, unreliable engine for that? But the unless same you're time saving, unless you're saving a lot of money and you can make up that money, like Renault or like Alpine or Renault, have actually been performing quite well with the Renault engine this year. They're they're getting up there. So they're like, let's say they're not like, they're in the top eight, top ten quite regularly, even with an underperforming, unreliable engine. So if you get that and you save actually quite a lot of money from the engine, so if they save a lot of money, then they can invest all of that money into the design of the car and aerodynamics and such. And they could That's actually make up for that deficit. Yeah, because the thing is for them to keep Oscar, they don't need to be better than Alpine and they also don't need to be performing very well. They just need to prove that they have the potential to do better than them or they have like long-term future plans, which obviously every team has long-term future plans. But like, if you lay out your your like career path, your like future path, you say in the next five years, basically what Alpine have been doing this whole time, if you sell them a dream, then you've just bought yourself time. Like if you tell them, listen, when the regulations come in, in 2025, 2026, we're going to be there at the front. We're going to be dominating the sport for the next five years. And you go on about how you're going to do that and you're going to hire new people and spend more money and make the car better. And you found some incredible new innovation that even Adrian Newey hasn't seen. Then he's going to want to stay for at least a little bit longer. And now you've bought yourself a little bit more time with him in the car, which could mean more points, which could mean more money. And then you keep the cycle going. And obviously that can't last forever, but like at a certain point, like just a little bit of progress will be enough to confirm that. So you just kind of, like, I don't know, it does sound like some sort of pyramid scheme, like scam or something, but like all they have to do is just say like, listen, we know what we're trying to do and you're going to help us get there. And, you know, we're committed to this cause or whatever. And as long as they can try and prove that they're going to be better than Alpine and they have like a way of doing that, then they could have a little bit longer. I think like, I don't think they necessarily have to switch to a Renault engine. Like if if they kick out Latifi, they hire, get Oscar in. It's a good deal, you know, like they get Oscar. Obviously there's the issue with the engine and like him feeding like result, like not results, but like data back to Renault because he's technically a Renault driver and that. But there was in Carlos Sainz, he was loaned from Red Bull to Renault. Um, and yeah. they had a different engine manufacturers at that point, was it not? They had Honda, no. I think they had, did they not have the same? I think they had the same. Did they have, did they have, oh, maybe they had the same engine. I don't remember. But that could be one thing. Like, they maybe try and keep the engine. I'd say that with the amount of talent you have in F2, you don't necessarily need to sacrifice your engine to woo someone into coming into your team. Yeah, that's a good point. Because the amount of drivers Red Bull has, that realistically one or two of them will actually end up driving an F1. The rest will just end up going home. You just need one of them that is very talented. Convince one of them to end his contract with the Red Bull and sign with you. And he gets a chance in F1, even if it's like mid-season or like from next year. You don't need to go like Oscar Piastri, great driver, all of that. But you have uh, Callum, uh, he's with Ferrari, but you know, you're like cut your ties with Ferrari come with us, you get a drive. You're not going to get a drive yeah. in F1 with Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Come, we'll give, you, we'll give you a drive this year. 
we'll give you a C this year. So I think at that point you think, do I give up my driver academy seat for an F1 seat? Yes. Like no one's gonna like, yeah, it's not a great team, but then you have a chance to prove yourself in F1. And if you prove yourself That's in F1, you can move up the ladder and then so I don't see like Williams have had the Mercedes engine for a very long time, and I don't see them going to a team that has like in the past like say 10 years, they have not actually produced a good end like a good engine. You get what I mean? They've always yeah. been plagued by unreliability. They've always been plagued by issues, all of this. Why go to a team that hasn't, like historically, perhaps they're good. But as in like now, they haven't proven themselves since like what, 2006, maybe that's when the last time they had like a really good engine. Since then, okay, so okay. like let's, let's include the Vettel kind of Red Bull era. So like 2013. Oh yeah, I mean. From 2013, that's almost like, like to turn like to, it's 2022 since then they've just been on a downhill kind of track why go to a team like that when realistically like i'd say if they go more for i want i want a honda engine i want a red bull engine now or why not go to red bull go to red bull be like okay i want a red bull engine and i'll take one of your junior drivers which they've got like a lot of talented junior drivers that's such yeah yeah why not just go to oscar oscar and be like okay we'll give you a full f1 contract just leave the renault driver academy you know we've got links with mercedes we've got links like higher up the grid with aston martin all of that if you perform well you could be you could be in an uh, like a mercedes down the line realistic because mercedes does you know george russell came to us obviously he's a mercedes driver that way but george russell came to us and now he's in a mercedes uh, Bottas was in our team and he went on to Mercedes so if you jump in oh our car God. even without that why, why not give up your, like this is the one point I don't actually see which is why would Williams not just try and convince the drivers to leave their driver academy for an FMC because they will do it because they know yeah, that yeah. Renault and Red Bull are on, like they will not give them a seat in F1 yeah so do, do Williams not see their full on negotiating power because they've spent no, so think, long at the back of the grid? No, no, I think they realise that. Like people realise how how big an F one C is because there are only twenty of them, and realistically, like half of them are untouchable. So they're only like not half of them. They're only like five that are realistically or less that are realistically available year on year. So yeah. to get into F one is incredibly hard, and it's a big bargaining chip for like the teams, and like. Realistically, like Mercedes, if you say we're bringing in like, like a talent like this, we'll develop him, and in a few years, you could maybe go to like Mercedes. You could have him alongside George Russell. Mercedes would be like, cool, yeah, we'll give you the engine, keep providing with the engine and parts. See, that's the thing. Williams does not just buy an engine from Mercedes; they buy parts from Mercedes. Like they actually buy other parts right. as well. So leaving Mercedes is not just about changing an engine, which they're going to have to change basically, like the, because the engines are slightly different, so they're going to have to change the chassis a bit. It's not just that yeah. they actually buy parts from Mercedes, so they're going to have to either Mercedes might not want to sell them these parts anymore because there's like it might data might get to Renault, so it's a lot bigger oh, than I think people realize. Interesting. No, I'm not sure actually. It's a good point to be fair. Like you do, it does make you wonder why they're not doing that. You have because like 
I don't know. It just seems so obvious, like you get him in. But obviously, when you hear all these discussions, it seems like a given, like, oh, he just comes with his Alpine contract. Like, this is Oscar. This is him and his Alpine contract. They're stapled together. Like, he just comes with it. But in reality, you're, yeah, like, he either sits and waits for that Alpine seat, which, to be fair, he should have got in the first place. I think, was it Jack Aitken who went to Williams last, no, 2020? Because when Alonso came back to Alpine, pretty much their entire academy was just like, oh, so we're useless, pretty much. Because yeah. instead of using any of them, they just brought back a 40-year-old. So now you're yeah. just like, okay, cool, so we're just not going to get this seat. When he, he left for the Williams driver academy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then he got that one race when George stepped in for Lewis because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's a good point. It's happened before, it, especially the Red Bull ones as well, actually, because obviously, yeah, the Red Bull are definitely known for shove him in the car. Is he fast? No. All right. Get rid of him sort of thing. So if you tell them, like, oh, OK, cool, even if, you know, we, we've we've had our fair share of awful drivers, but we've stuck by them. So if you're not performing instantly, don't worry, like we'll have patience with you. Come with us and we'll like develop you and all of this stuff, because obviously you've got talent. I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, nothing's signed yet, so maybe something could still happen. I see, there could still be changes. I see Total making a few calls because Mercedes makes quite a bit of money from those engines, so they won't want to kind of give up that. There's also influence. Yeah. It's also influence. He won't want to give that up because Red Bull has Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. Ferrari has Ferrari, Haas, and Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. And Mercedes has Aston Martin and Williams. And they use that when you're wanting to push something through, basically. You're like you just lean on those teams a bit. If he loses that, he loses a, a bargaining chip when he's going through stuff like that. So he will not necessarily want to give up that power total, like in a grand scheme of things. Because it can mean stuff where... Uh, perhaps, like, say, Red Bull getting concessions with the new engines. Like, they, they were going to get, I think, extra 50 million a year or something. That's what they wanted. And he's against that. Okay. Now, if he loses the voting, right, that could be a big thing. Do you get what I mean? Uh, yeah, F1 politics. It's yeah. confusing. Anyway, right. I hate F1 politics. Uh, what else has happened? Okay. Safety. Let me think. Wait, okay, first first of all, Lewis Hamilton is directing a film with Brad Pitt about F1. Have you seen any F1 films? And if so, what's your favourite? Rush. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Is that the only one? I feel like there aren't a lot of American... I don't think there's a lot <laughs> so, of F1 films. And that's the only one that comes to mind is Rush. But it's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Yeah, if uh, you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Nicky Lauda, absolute legend. 1976 season. Oh yeah, James Hunt as well. You might like him as well. I think he's meant to be the the, the hero essentially, but yeah, I prefer basically. Nicky Lauda to be honest. I much prefer. I think Nicky. when you when you know about Nicky, you prefer him. But the way the movie portrays it is from James Hunter's kind of point of view, rather than Nicky's point of view. Yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. I think overall good movie. It's uh, it shows. Um, kind of how dangerous it was to drive cars back then 
and how difficult it was to drive a car. I think people don't realize how actually difficult it is to drive an F1 car until they go like go karting and they realize like, oh, I, I'm I'm terrible at driving this. And then they're like, imagine driving an F1 car. Like you're going to 40 miles an hour and you're like panicking. Imagine going <laughs> to like 300 kilometers an hour and you're like, Ugh. like it's uh yeah, it's intense. We should do that, you know. We should actually go go karting. That'll be fine. We went. We I went recently, but uh, with my friends, but they didn't have a concept of what the inside line was. They just smack you right out. <laughs> that's not what you do. That's that's like literally, if you if you go, they just like. Like you're going into the corner, it's your corner, it's your corner, and then just someone hits you at the back and you're in the barrier. And you're like, Why? That's tragic. Like, yeah, it's just it's so sad. I'm they, they, you know, you know, they, they basically watched a bit too much of Max like when he was a kid. They just <laughs> going in, they wanted a crash, bro. They literally wanted to crash. That was literally my friend. I had my friend over watching the race, and just afterwards I got my steering wheel out and we went on the F1 game and he was Honestly, the little so the little red arrow on the F1 game means that someone's alongside you. So it's white, meaning they're close, and then it will go red once they've got like their front wing alongside you, which means that they deserve space. Because if you don't, if you turn in on them, you're going to spin your own car because they're going to tap your rear wheel, and then you're going to be the one spinning every time. It doesn't matter what color the arrow was. It doesn't matter if you could see them, if you couldn't. If I told him they were there, you just turn in on them, leave them no room, and then end up spinning. And then complained that it was their fault. So uh, he's a Max fan, and that was definitely Max inspired. Um, so the next the next story pretty much is about Charles Leclerc and his pole position. He, I mean, it was a great lap. He did incredibly well. So we can mention that first. But the thing that comes with it is his pole to win conversion rate is pretty horrible at the moment. Yeah, Max has won more races from a Charles pole than Charles has won from a Charles pole. That's such a sad yeah. stat. Like when it's when you I think when your rival has won more races from your poles than than he's won from like is it like God, that's if so he sad. gets pole in Canada then he's going to cry because it means that Max is now more likely to win than he yeah, is. Yeah, but even if he gets P2, Max is more likely to win. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically screwed. Yeah, that is... I mean, the lap was incredible. It came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting him to, to put it on pole. And then he goes, like, what, four tenths faster than the next person. So it was great from him. But, like... I don't know. He's just so unlucky. That's now what twice in the last was the was the one before this Monaco. I think it was. So that's what twice in the last two that it wasn't his fault. So I mean, with what we were saying earlier, like at what point does he lose patience with Ferrari and just say, you know what, I want to go somewhere else? I think it's going to take a bit. Like I think if this season continues this way, perhaps by the end of the season, might be the case. I think there'll be. A few issues with him leaving where regarding he has a long-term contract, so they'll have to buy him out and such. And it depends which team has the money, which team has the would want to spend that much money, you know. Like the only team I see maybe going for it would be Mercedes, but that'd be only if Lewis retires. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a great team to be fair. But as in Yeah, imagine okay. imagine Leclerc and George at Mercedes if Mercedes were good. But then why would he go to Mercedes where he is less likely to win races. Like, realistically, if he looks around, the only other team he, he'd want to go to is Red Bull, where they just signed Sergio on for, like, two more years, 
Max is going nowhere. So he's not really get stepping into that team. So the only other team you can look at is Mercedes. So by the end of the season, if they're winning, perhaps that's one thing you can look at. But I think by the end of qualifying, George, who is ahead of Lewis again, by the way, George is outperforming Lewis by a margin this season. No luck, no luck. This is pure performance. Yeah. Oh, just just oh, just want just wanted to throw that in. Uh George yeah, was like yeah, what? Yeah. One and a half seconds behind Max. Uh, no, sorry, behind Leclerc. He, he, like I was watching his interviews, like we were one and a half seconds behind. One and a half seconds. Just think about that. He's in. He was P five, and he's a second and a half behind pole. Like, why would he leave Ferrari? Obviously, Ferrari are terrible and all of that. But you, even if you don't win the championship, at least at least you win a few races. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to Mercedes, you're a second and a half behind in qualifying in in your best, like your, your car is in its best kind of like like trim, whatever. And yeah. and you're a second and a half behind. But oh, the thing That's is depressing. The, the hope is, would you assume Mercedes is an easier team to like develop with you, if that makes sense? Because you can put your heart and soul into fixing Ferrari. Which is a completely fair point. You know, we keep going on about leaving, but obviously the other option is you put your heart and soul into building that Ferrari team. You help them develop the car, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. But the problem is so many drivers have tried to do that and they've failed. Like Alonso tried it, Vettel tried it, both much more experienced at the time and more successful. So they were older, you know, they had like more races, they had more wins, they knew how to win championships. Leclerc is like brand new in this, which the only thing that means... The only advantage he has in comparison to them is that he has more time. But do you want to be wasting more time trying to fix them? I think one, one thing to say is the issue is in developing the car. Like the issue is in I'm going to take a team that is terrible and develop it and go on to win championships. Or the team that is kind of okay, but I'll take them to win championships. Like when Lewis steps into Mercedes, that team, the team behind the scenes, had won races before. Some of them were there from when Ross Brown was there. So I'd won a championship before. They had that experience, first of all. Ferrari at this point, when is the last time they've won a championship? Like, realistically. Seven? Like, very few people on that team actually were there when they won something. Like, Mattia Bonotto yeah. was there. I know, because he, was, he used to tune Michael Schumacher's engine. So I know he was there. But he, at that point, at that point, he was an engineer. He was an engineer at that point. He's a team principal. So realistically, no one else was there. Or if you were there, you weren't in the current position. So the question now is, is there an issue with Ferrari where Mercedes, if you go to Mercedes, yeah, they might not have the best car now. But say by the end of the season, they've closed the gap and they're, they're, they're working their way up. I'd, I'd take... Like I put my money on, like, and I don't bet, but like I put my money on Mercedes because Ferrari don't have necessarily like, you know, you know how we were talking last year about the difference between McLaren and Mercedes in Russia, where McLaren screwed up their win, oh, because yeah. they did not have the experience of being a lead car in the wet and like in races like this, how to direct your driver, what to do, telling him to pit, being kind of like you have to pit as opposed to Mercedes where they told you you have to pit, you have to come in. The It's very different in that sense because they know what they're doing. They've done it so many times. They've won so many races. They've won so many championships. So I'd say if you go to Mercedes and they have the car, 
you know that that team is going to win or is going to be very close to winning. Ferrari, they can have the car, but the team's so terrible, you know, like they're going to screw up somehow. Like, how do you screw up a Monaco lead, bro? If they just, like, <laughs> literally, if they just, if they just, like, pit one, like, if they copied Verstappen's strategy, he was ahead by so much, he would have run the race. Then they go on and do some weird-ass strategy and lose. They don't even lose. Leclerc loses. He doesn't go to P2. P3. He's P4. How do you screw up so much you lose three positions? It's not even that he was held up in the pits. He was just... Their strategy was so bad. So bad that they lost... Like, if he... If they literally just copied uh, Perez. So, Perez is right behind him. No, no. It was who was behind him. If they copied the Red Bulls, yeah, the, the Ferraris copied the Red Bulls, they'd be yeah, ahead yeah. of them because they built up a gap. So they'd be fine. What is this? What is this? This is this is what I think would make oh, him good. leave is not necessarily the engineering side of it because they have developed a good car which is able to compete with Red Bull and they're able to put in kind of a challenge and perhaps on some tracks they're actually way ahead of Red Bull. It's... The team that is just so unreliable in the way they take... Because at the end of the day, you're in a car where the only stats you have are your lap times and whatever they tell you in your ear. So if you do not tell me, or if you give me bad information, I can't do anything. And you're kind of limited by that. And maybe it might be the case. I know Nico Rosberg, he changed his race engineer because he used to... um, he sounded very down when he was speaking to him. You know when it gets hard and then he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like twenty laps to go, bro. Like he just sounded <laughs> so depressed. So so what he did is he basically he worked with his race engineer on like you know, you need to sound like push me at that point, you know, like yeah. not like twenty laps to go. Come on, Nico, you know, twenty laps to go, we push hard, you know. Be something like, you know, be up upbeat and stuff. So that might be something where he needs to actually sit down the team and take them to like a, you know, like a, a shrink, you know, and be like, work out your issues because we have to win here. <laughs> but yeah, it, it would need kind of imagine, like... I just imagine Mattia Bonotto and then Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz sat next to him and the three of them are just like... <laughs> no, but that's what my... That's what Michael I, did. That's when the engine blew up. <laughs> and then tears start coming. Uh, that's what, well, Michael came, Ferrari were unreliable as well in terms of winning championships. And he came and he developed a team. Like Everyone focuses on the car, but forgets that he developed also the other side of it, which is the personnel, let's say. That's kind of what Charles has to do. And it's a big challenge. And it's something that... Maybe he'd be able to succeed, maybe not. Uh, probably not, to be honest, with how reliable Dan. That reminds me, up our banging tweet. We actually like banged the tweet. I'm going to link it uh, in the thing. It was a, uh, it was one about uh, Ferrari in the hiring process. So if you want to put your uh, job application, try and get onto the Ferrari pit wall, go for it. I hear they're looking for people. So uh, if you want to fly out to Italy, live in Maranello, uh, it's a great place. I've actually been there, not to be that guy, but um, beautiful spot. Uh, t- <laughs> I was you, there, you won't yeah. find the tweet unless you go through the, uh, the replies. Uh, come on, obviously, okay. I'll uh, I'll slide in my CV under the door next time. But it's uh, you won't see the tweet unless you go in the tweets and replies section. And then it's a picture. It's a screenshot from cars. That's all I'm gonna say. 
I will out. link it in the YouTube video. Um, what else do we have here? Okay, before we get onto the safety one, actually, I want to merit, uh, mention Perez. Can you find it yet? No, I'll just send it to you later. Yeah. I'll try to spoil it. But, um, Perez, so, there was a lot <laughs> of... <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have experience with tyre strategies? What is a tyre? Welcome to Ferrari. Yeah, and then I responded. Have you seen... You've watched Cars, right? You must have seen Cars. Yeah. Good to see. I'm a legend. Look at me carrying the Twitter, bro. Legend. Love to see it. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. So, a lot of talk beforehand so. was a... Uh, was spoken about Perez and Max. Obviously, now the gap between them isn't that big. So people asking Horner, are you going to implement team orders? You're going to do all of this? And he said, no, you know, whoever's ahead, Perez has got just as much of a chance as Max, blah, blah, blah. We get into the race now, and the drivers are told, Perez is told, no fighting. Now, people have interpreted that into meaning that's team orders, let get out of the way. Other people have said, no, they meant you know, just, just nothing like stupid as, you know, what happened in 2018. Do you think they're actually going to give Perez a fair opportunity no. if he's on pace? No. Oh, that was quick. No. Like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Max isn't going to know that to happen. Because all you can say, like, if you, if you don't, like, Max is fighting a championship. Yeah, what's his name? is close. Perez. But Max is their star. If he doesn't win, if Perez, okay, let's say, let's say Perez fights for it. They let him fight. Perez wins the championship. Max would just leave. Be like, okay, you're favoring Perez now. I'm going. And they're not going to risk, like, if Perez can win a few races, he, he he's not necessarily going to go on to win a championship. Yes, he's going to win yeah. a few races, maybe not a championship. So Max has the higher likelihood, likelihood of winning that championship. But by putting, like, not using team orders, you're putting Max's championship at risk. And if he doesn't win because you used, like, let him and Perez fight and Perez was on, like, new tires and you won a few races, he's just going to say, like, well, you, you screwed up my championship. I'll just go to a different team. And what team would not, like, sell their liver to buy him? Like, just, like, yeah. every team wants his Max. Every team wants Max. So they're just, yeah. I, I, yeah, I see. I don't see them doing that. It's, it's also it's like not, a. I feel like it's a, it's a very game. Red Bull thing. What do you mean? What to say that? No, like they use team orders. It's it, Red Bull always. Oh use yeah. Team orders. I mean, so I agree with your thing about um Max because I see him sort of like Vettel or like you know how Norris at the end with uh Ricardo was like, oh well, you know, this is now for a race. This isn't just. So they used team orders earlier, but that was for different tire strategies. Then on the second to last lap or something, they said, no, don't fight. And he says, well, what do you mean? This is like, this is for the end now. We might as well, like, just let me try and pass him. I feel like he would do a multi-21 kind of thing where, like, if Perez is leading and they say, all right, no, just hold position. Oh, me. Max. No. Definitely. Yeah. Max, Max. Max would just go for it. We but get a multi-21 incident. Yeah, exactly. But then if you do it the other way and... Um, you just use team orders on Perez all the time. Like the moment Perez is ahead of him, you just switch them instantly. That's going to shoot his confidence. And then he might not perform as well. And then he's not going to be as motivated. And then he's not going to perform as well. And then he might just end up finishing sixth every race. So what you want to do is let them fight and then have Max naturally come out on top because most of the time, 
he's going to just finish ahead purely on pace anyway. But then you do run the risk of what happens if he has a couple bad performances, a couple retirements, and now Perez is genuinely ahead. And I feel like it's a risk they'd be willing to take just because Red Bull is ruthless. Like Perez, when he signed that contract, he knows for a fact he's he's not really fighting. He's he's yeah, he's fighting for the championship, but he's not really fighting for the championship. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's he's the fighting same way for the constructors. <laughs> They might as well give him the constructors trophy. Yeah, he might as well keep the constructors trophy in his house because he's there. Like he's he's there, but he's not really involved. It's like it's like me in a tug of war. Do you know what I mean? Like I might be on the team, but I'm not. I'm a skinny guy. I'm not involved. I'm not really doing much. You might as well put me on the other. Like I'm not making a difference. So he's he's there, but like it's fine. You just leave him to the side, sort of thing. Let him do his thing. Like he knows for a fact that. Any opportunity they're given, Max is going to go ahead. And he can complain a little bit if he wants. But, like, I don't know. It's understandable. But at the same time, what I did just he think, expect? like, they, could, they, they always do it where they always, they don't necessarily use team orders, but they always just put Max on a better strategy where he will come ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Paris had, like, a six-second stop or something, didn't he? Like he had a horrendous they don't necessarily stuff. need to. They don't necessarily need to hold him up, but they just put Max on a strategy where by the end of the race he has fresher tires and he's just going to overtake Perez very easily. Job done. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I see mean, it. Red Bull have the brain power for that. Yeah. Like Ferrari can't even handle the close strategy to win the race from first. <laughs> but Red Bull can play chess with their own drivers to make sure Max not only finishes the race. But Perez finishes a comfortable P2, and then it looks like it's, you know, pure natural. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't see, like, that's the thing. Like, obviously, Max will always come ahead. I, I don't see them having to really pull team orders unless there are issues with Max's car, really. Like, uh, where he had issues with DRS, and, like, Perez was naturally quicker. Yeah. That's the time where they pull like team orders and then Perez was like you stole my win you stole my win then he won the next race but I think Perez will be happy if he wins a few races he'd be happy like I don't I don't yeah. think Perez is uh, like if he wins a few races he'd be happy he's not he, he knows he's not going to win a championship let's be honest Max is going to win it and he's there as a support crew but as in if he wins a few races that's kind of what he's after isn't it yeah, yeah, you can't really ask for much more than that. Plus, Red Bull, if he if he starts making a fuss and getting upset, Red Bull just kick him out and put Gassi in his place. But, uh, honestly, like, yeah. that's that's one thing you can guarantee the Red Bull is they're not a very kind team. Like you you step out, they just kick you out. But then that's why they've won so much in F one. Like they won four back to back. They won with Max last year. They're realistically going to win this year. They've got a lead. Like, in terms of development this year, it's insane how they won, like, okay, they won the Drivers' Championship last year, came out ahead of everyone this year. Had Max had two DNFs this year, or three DNFs. Two? I think it's two. And he's ahead in the championship. Yeah, and we're only, that tells what, you that how good the car race is. or something. Yeah, that tells you how yeah. good the car is. He had two DNFs, and he's so far ahead of everyone else. Besides, besides Monaco, he's won pretty much every every single race he's finished. 
Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh and um oh I know that was Monaco. Yeah. It's looking tough. I don't know. Every time you think it's going to be a walk in the park for some team, something happens. So maybe Ferrari are just about to have a massive momentum swing and Canada is where it begins. We'll have to find or out. Or maybe Ferrari can go and start poaching people from other teams that are reliable. That's one thing they could do. Mercedes is not winning. They don't have their car to win. It could be time for Ferrari to go and poach a few strategists, a few, you know, such and such, and bring them. That could be actually that could be it. This is their chance. They should do, yeah. If Ferrari aren't looking to hire new people or change up something at the very least, because they always fire team principals and they switch out their team very quickly. But yeah, but that's you that's don't hear as issues. much about the strategists and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like the team. But I guess that's the not really going to make the news. Maybe they are. Like Ferrari. Let's say when when Vettel had his car. Ferrari had a good a good enough car to fight, like like maybe 2018. Um, like after that, then they dropped off and then it became terrible. But they had a car at one point to fight with Mercedes. And then they lost it mainly through like mistakes, through strategy, mistakes through like Mercedes just outperforming them in terms of the driver and in terms of strategy. So if they, they need to fix that, now they have a good driver, a good car, but they haven't fixed it. They just changed the team principle, which he changed a few things about how it's run. But you haven't changed the guys who actually take the decisions. Maybe now it's time. If you haven't won championship since 07, you need to change something. Like, the the guy at the top isn't the issue. It's the guys below him. Like, you know when they change, change a team principle, the first thing he does is change everyone there, like, basically. Or, like, keep a few guys and change a lot of key guys there and bring in yeah. people who new guys who know what they're doing. That's what Ferrari need to do now. They just they need to take a few guys out of Just hard reset. Just get yeah. rid of everyone to start again. Yeah. Listen, Maybe not the engineers to be fair. Not the engineers. The engineers oh, yeah, are no, doing no, a good job. The car's good actually, yeah. Yeah. Just just then, the strategists and stuff. <laughs> Check if well, they know what tires are. <laughs> I'm so proud of that tweet. I'm actually just a legend. Um, and then the last thing is uh, the porpoising safety. So as I mentioned before, back pains, injuries, complaining on the radio, visibility as well being a key thing now. That straight in Baku is 2.2 something kilometers long. And the whole way down, you can hear the bottom of the car scraping against the ground. This could have long-term effects on people. And the conversation now is, should, well, okay, first of all, should the FIA get involved? And second, how do they mandate it? Like, do they tell teams, all right, you have to get rid of it? Do they research into the teams that did figure out a good way of doing it and then just give that information to the others? Would that be unfair if they do that because teams have figured it out based on pure skill and knowledge? Or do they just say, you know, we're going to measure the porpoising, which is possible, and then you need to have like a a maximum level of you know frequency or amplitude of the the bouncing. If you go over that threshold, it's too dangerous, and you just need to fix the car to make sure it's less than that. I think I think what you mentioned about the frequency or like the amplitude, I think that's a good way of doing. It. As in terms of, let's be honest, if you go to a team like Red Bull, have sold it go check what they they did, give it to other teams. 
that's just what's the point of f1 then like see that's the thing like when they when they introduced these new cars with ground effect they knew porpoising was going to be an issue and they knew safety was going to be an issue and they knew like driver's health health was going to be an issue because we knew this existed because ground effect is not new it's been around for a very long time in terms of even in f1 cars so they knew this was going to happen they knew the porpoising was going to happen they knew it was going to be an issue they were hoping teams but then I think they did not think like it would be this bad, but there has to be a way to regulate it. I don't think going and telling teams you have to eliminate it or eliminate it this way is fair because then it affects cars at the front who have done yeah. a really good job. So that's not fair. But I think a way of regulating of saying you can't have because now they're they're chasing performance and drivers mm -hmm. are having to risk their health. So you have to limit it, say, OK, you can't go above this. This is your threshold where at this point it's not safe and we've done we've done like research after this point is going to have long term effects. That's what you do. Yeah. And I think that's how you limit the teams from running after performance and necessarily putting drivers health at kind of risk. Like, you know, Gasly posted a picture uh, on Instagram, I think it's today, yesterday, and he's in the Mediterranean and he he's jokingly said, you know, the Mediterranean is calmer than Baku Straits. <laughs> I didn't see that now, but it makes but, sense. Yeah, but it's like Christian Horner came out and said that, you know, like if it's my team, I would tell them to, you know, like make a big fuss. He didn't exactly uh, say that. He, he said something different, yeah. but I'm not going to say he, Yeah, uh, but, but to be fair, if it is his, like if it's my team, I'd tell them make a big fuss. I want the FIA to hear you making a big fuss so they actually pay attention to this. But he also said one thing where, yeah, it's it's not my fault you you didn't figure out an answer is it like and it's not his fault. yeah but here's the problem as much as i agree with that and i'd love to say look the the whole point of f1 is development the whole point is you know these guys they figured out they solved the problem and they made it fast well done to you i'd hate to punish you but at the same time how many times have we seen key developments in f1 just be removed copied whatever it is like disadvantaging the winning teams happens all the time in f1 so for horner to come out and confidently say you know what no don't punish us we're doing well you know these guys they're just complaining they can fix it but it would just make their car slower so just how about you make your car slow and stop making your drivers suffer i get that but literally like in the past two three years he's got multiple quotes saying you know i think i saw i've seen like screenshots of all sorts of news articles of him going the FIA need to punish Mercedes, they need to change the regulations, they need to stop this before the sport gets boring, they need to save the sport, they're losing viewership, help us out. Like, Yeah, but that was after how many years of Mercedes begging, winning. He's been on his knees begging for the FIA to help them out. And now, I don't know, it's, it's hard to talk because obviously everyone has their biases, everyone's going to say what benefits them as much as they'd love to pretend it's about driver safety or it's about this and it's about not punishing the people who are doing well. The problem is if you just in your head, whenever someone says anything to do with F1, you flip it around and you say, OK, well, if Horner was, I don't know, the manager of Aston Martin at the moment, would he be saying this? Of course he wouldn't. He'd be saying, all right, cool, let's fix it. I want you know, is that because he cares about his driver's safety or is it because he want, you know, he's an Aston Martin man and he wants the Red Bull blueprints of how to make a good car? Like whatever's being said, it's being, these are, they're just politicians, bro. 
Like they, they are just genuinely. It took you, it took you this long to figure like, out. <laughs> I've just had an enlightenment, bro. They're politicians, but like nothing being said is for anything. The only thing, like I don't know, personally, funny. I would, I wouldn't want to see the best team get punished. I wouldn't want, you know, just okay, Red Bull, right? Give your answers over. Let's let's copy your work. Let's see what's going on. I do think, like you said, the the measuring, the porpoising, and then just saying, look, if your car's awful, driver safety is more important than your car performance. Make your car, you know, this level of porpoising is safe enough that we can manage it. If your car's awful after that, that's your own fault. Go make it faster which I've said multiple times to other teams. So I will say it now to Mercedes and all the rest of them, just because Red Bull got it right doesn't mean you can complain. Just make your car faster, bro. Like, just you might as well. This is what you're paid to do. So there is a there yeah. is a sense of it could like. If you do make the car slower, there'd be a lot slower and there'd be a sense of, you know, like <clears throat> you're two, th- two, three seconds slower in qualifying. Do you really want to see that? Ah, that's that's well. the question. But that's the issue. The FIA knew that this was going to be a problem when they introduced ground effect. And how, like, you know, we're talking about these new cars and how they're good at following and all of this stuff. But this is a big issue. This is why, like, this is one thing that I thought at the beginning, I was like, I was very excited for this. I was like, ground effect was removed for a reason. It wasn't the case that when it happened, why do you think ground effect was banned? It was because of safety issues. It wasn't because it was all <laughs> great and everything. And then you bring it back and you're like, oh, it's going to be great. We're not going to have any issues. It's going to be perfect. Oh. And then you have issues and you're like, oh, damn, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> why did you bring it back? Like, like, when is it, I don't know. exactly, exactly. Like, it's just figuring out after like six, seven races, they're like, hmm, maybe you shouldn't have brought back, you know, like, this stuff obviously like like it's, it's, a, it's a very obvious thing or like you bring it back and you introduce stuff to like regulate it maybe maybe it's the case where they they knew this was going to happen and they just wanted to kind of naturally develop it so if they basically if they say from the very beginning you can't have porpoising above this level maybe the drivers are okay with this level but above it then that's where it actually gets bad so it might be the case where they're going to let the team's race for say half of the season then coming with the regulations that was their plan fair enough like they wanted to essentially put the regulation based on the actual cars not based on like a random figure you know what i mean yeah that is like fair enough but i think like forcing drivers by the age of 30 like to be fair like by the age of 30, will they be able to drive? Will it actually have significant effect that needs to actually be researched? Like, drivers say that, oh, you know, like, by the age of 30, you'll be retiring, but is it really the case? Or is it, are these drivers playing their team games? Like, are they just saying this because their team told them to do it and they don't actually think it's this way? I don't want to believe that just because... It needs to be... No, no, it needs to be backed by... Horner said that it would affect the driver's health. No, no, as in the them playing it up for the cameras and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. That's what every team does. It's a fair point, but I don't want to believe it because Horner's... No, no, as in, if you're going to change the way F1 is regulated, if you're going to introduce limits on porpoising and this stuff, it needs to be backed by evidence. I'm not mm. saying, like, 
screw their drivers. I'm saying that, okay, actually phys- like go and study and see at which point is the bounce. Obviously, because obviously it is a battery health, like it looks like it. Yeah, but you, no, I see what but you're saying. At which point is it actually scientific? Yeah, yeah. At yeah, which you point? can't just pluck a number out of dinner. You need exactly. to save. Exactly. Yeah. Is, this is based on this evidence. If you do it that way, no one's going to say, even Red Bull, like, the, it, like, if they do that, like, if they introduce the limit of popsing, it actually benefits Red Bull because the car, other cars oh, behind yeah. them are going to be slow. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing for the leaders. It's actually a good thing. It's a bad thing for other teams because now they're way slower than they were before. Uh, but like, I guess like the only thing I'm saying is they need to actually have evidence of why they're choosing the limit they are choosing. You don't just go and choose a random limit and be like, hmm, that looks good, you know. Nah, I'm going to stick with this one. But why? Yeah. And they need to take that into consideration. But we'll, we'll see. Like, apparently the drivers have, you know, they have their association they had a meeting and they spoke about this. And yeah. uh, the the most outspoken ones I've seen so far has been like Lewis. Uh, I don't know if he actually spoke about it, but I saw him like limping. And, and so he's been outspoken about it on the radio. George and Gasly. I've seen Gasly speak quite a bit. About it. I've heard Gasly, men- uh, no, Ricardo as well mention it. Mm. Ricardo has also spoken a little bit. So I've seen a quote from him. So, so Ricardo, this is his last see. season in F1, so why is he confused? <laughs> why are you laughing? It's the truth. Not is it funny? Anyway, is it? Is it? Is it? No, yeah. <laughs> why are you laughing? It's not funny. It's the truth. We'll see. You know, you've been uh, you've been on a streak of predictions, so I won't even talk too much. You're probably I can't even disagree with that. It's not something that I I'd fight for. So I'm staying in F1. Yeah, no, we spoke we spoke about it last week. All right, on to the actual race. I don't know how, but every time there's a boring race, these podcasts end up longer because we just we fill it in for pure entertainment reasons so we can avoid speaking about the race. So we will get into it. Oh, my God, we haven't even done the 60 second summary. But all right. 60 seconds, because that was oh my it's God. It's not going to take me even 10 seconds. Bro. <laughs> this could be with how much we're talking about for 60 seconds, but you want to try to do it as fast as possible. OK, you can time it and see how long it takes me to do it. Alright, you ready? Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Charles takes pole. Mercedes are behind by one and a half seconds. Ray's Ferrari are destroyed. Uh, all Ferrari engines fail, basically. Uh, Max wins. Uh, team orders at Red Bull. Uh, and not everyone's not sure about that. Um, George P3 again. Uh, he's finished in top five every race, basically, so far. Destroying Lewis. Yeah, that's everything. I just had to include the destroying Lewis thing just to annoy you. Nice, yeah. Even time to spare as well, of course. You got 22.8 seconds. Oh, that's nice. So that's pretty good, to be fair. That's like, what, a pit stop? Or no, like the whole pit stop phase, pit lane included. It's pretty quick. Quality stuff. Love that. So that was the whole weekend. I feel like just ending it there, to be honest. But we'll do the... um. What do we have? So, Fantasy stuff. No, no we'll, we'll, do, we'll do best performance. We need to mention some performances here. Who would you say was your uh, best performance of the race? I, I, I don't really watch it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I can throw some names in there. So Max will obviously get a mention for winning. I mean, he didn't exactly do much, but well, George. 
George gets a mention for coming up P3 again. George, yeah, he'll get a mention. He literally overtook. I think I think I saw somewhere he didn't overtake anyone. Like he, he <laughs> fully just didn't have to overtake anyone. So fair play to him because he's just he just you know qualified well, got the position, and then waited for the retirements. So he did all. I want to mention Lewis. Obviously, I'm going to mention Lewis, but like. Uh, he, the double stack from Mercedes cost him so many positions, plus the porpoising and all of that stuff with his back pains. Finishing fourth after all of that, I think he was 11th at some point. I've got to give him credit because the Mercedes is literally slowest on the straights. So sure, yeah, the straights sure. are the only place you can overtake, but like the guy is bouncing up. And I, I, <laughs> I put out another tweet, which is he's out here overtaking people in three dimensions because obviously you know you can drive left and right forwards and backwards but he's also going up and down so lewis hamilton is the greatest of all time in three dimensions you love to see it um i disagree with that but okay (laughs) i mean gasly did well he's finally got a bit of luck on his sides good performance from him vettel never gets a mention and you know those ratings so a lot of podcasts and uh you know articles and all of this they love doing rating so at the end of the weekend they'll like rate every driver's performance from one to ten and then add it all up and blah 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 vettel like i know when these have come out because i'll get a spam of vettel people on my feed just talking about how harshly he's been up been done over and it's completely fair because vettel always gets completely screwed by these ratings he came sixth in the aston martin did very well in qualifying he's finished very high up he's driven a quality race other than that one time he overshot it into the corner and had to spin around to save himself but i think he he didn't pit after the early stop from the vsc because of science to stretch those tires to the end and blah 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 and all the rest of it it's fair play to him so that's a lot of points right there i don't see where was stroll stroll was 16th he didn't finish so Stroll doesn't exist, bro. <laughs> he literally doesn't. So yeah, I think Vettel definitely gets a big mention. The rest of them, eh, are also seventh. That's basically where you'd expect him. He did okay, but yeah, I'd say mainly those guys. I'd say Gasly gets a shot. Gasly, I'd say Gasly probably best performance. Yeah, to come P5 yeah, you know, yeah, I'll agree with that. We'll, we'll give Gas. Yeah, Gasly's a good shot. Ricardo came ahead of Norris, bro. Whoa. Worst yeah, performance. We'll just slightly mentioned that. Ferrari. Yeah, it's not Ferrari even a driver. Bro. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not even, you know, it's not even a driver. It's the actual team. Ferrari is just terrible. Bro. <laughs> no. Can, there's, yeah, there's one thing I actually wanted to mention. The are Ferrari and Ferrari power units. Exactly. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. You know how we spoke about signs... I think we spoke about this recently. Signs perhaps uh, leaving Ferrari because Mick Schumacher is going to step in to Ferrari and stuff. I was reading that uh, Gunter Steiner was talking about how Mick has to stop with these crashes and it's got, cause it costed them quite a bit of money. And how Magnussen has been scoring points and he's basically been awful this season. He's scored no points this season. In a car that realistically should be in the points. Yeah. Do you see... Obviously, I don't think we see him in Ferrari next season. Maybe this season. I know everyone was like, last season is his first season. He gets better in his second season, gets used to formula, everything. What are your thoughts on Mick Schumacher, his performances so far? And like, okay. It's I been think, underwhelming, very underwhelming. 
the problem is I feel like he gen he generally will be given a bit more like leeway than other drivers because of his name. So that's fair. I feel like not okay, not fair, but I mean it's expected. So I feel like whether we see him or not next year will purely depend on if he shows glimmers of hope. Like honestly, one standout performance, like a solid P7 or something, when Magnussen is struggling in 16th or something, and then maybe a second one will be enough for him. I don't know if he'll actually do that, but I feel like just a couple things. So when people say, oh, Mick crashes all the time, he's bad, blah, blah, blah. And then you just go, oh, remember when he got P7 in Spa? Or remember when he got P6 in Zandvoort? Like if you if he just has like a couple good performance, you can be like, oh, look, the talent's still there. Clearly, he just needs a bit more time. If he carries on crashing, he carries on doing badly. If he shows nothing, or even if he comes consistently like 12, if if Magnuson's obviously finishing like seventh or sixth or something around then, if he's being consistently him, outperforms, he's getting kicked. Do you see him leaving F1 this season? Because I think even if he performs very badly, I don't see him being kicked out really? past this year. Yeah. I think I think people underestimate history. people underestimate how big his dad's name is, which is unfair. Which is unfair because I think like with the way he's performed last year, you're like, okay, he's in a terrible car and he beat his teammate, which is like he, he had to be his teammate. The guy scored yeah. like the guy made it seem like he he did so well in Russia. You knew the clouds were coming when he came <laughs> last. And you're unlapping yourself like. What a joke. But anyways, anyways. moving on. (sighs) This year he's being destroyed. Like, he doesn't have a point in a car that realistically got P5 at one point. Like, pure pace. Not even even P5 on, like, uh, it got P5 on merit. And he was, like, at the end of the... What? Yeah, I, I, I don't see him leaving F1. But I see, I can see Gunter Steiner being very frustrated. If he keeps crashing, I think that would be the deciding factor. If he doesn't crash, but he's performing okay, I see him staying. If he keeps crashing and he keeps wasting their money, I see him going. Because now with the budget cap and stuff, you don't have the the money to be able to cover for stuff like this. Yeah, but what? So is it sponsor money or is it the surname? Because Ferrari want him. Like, what would what would keep? I think they want him for the surname. No, not the sponsor. Ah, uh, okay. Surely the nostalgia goes at some point. Like Bruno Senna was tragic. In, like, yeah, what, true. true. That's what I'm saying. If he keeps crashing, like he's crashing now, especially with the budget cap, he'll go. Like he'll go. Because nice. they don't have the resources to keep covering for stupid crashes that are like, his crashes make no sense. Like, <laughs> honestly, they make no sense. He just, you, he crashes and you're like, who are you racing? Like, Bro, like, what? <sighs> yeah, I mean, what even? So he finished ahead of Latifi, and that's it, this race. Exactly. When you finish just ahead of Latifi, bro, who got a five second penalty for blue flags, you know oh, something's yeah. wrong. Man. Like, he finished how, like, okay, it just says plus one lap, wasn't it? But, like, he finished not far ahead, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Because I'm getting yeah, frustrated. We'll, uh, move on from that. Underrated. I mean, we mentioned Vettel because of the uh, the ratings and stuff. Yeah, I'd say Vettel. I Vettel feel like um, Alonso as well. I'd say Vettel and Alonso. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
Alonso's decent. You know what? McLaren have done not bad. I feel like Ricardo's ahead of Norris, bro. Well, allow McLaren. Yeah, Ricardo ahead of Norris. Who would have thought? I don't know. The first time, I think it's like the first time this season. Probably. And the best part is the um, the stories happened again, where it's like, oh, Ricardo's finished ahead of Norris. This could be it. This could be the momentum change. I hope it carries on. <laughs> and you just know he's going to DNF next race. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not going to DNF. He's going to finish P18, bro. On merit. <laughs> P18 merit, bro. No, no, no. He's not even going to DNF. He's just going to be very slow. Like, you yeah, know, I saw a tweet. Like, there, was, there was, wait, just quickly, there was a tweet, I think. Someone, oh, I think it was a stadium, maybe in America. I can't remember where, but like a company or a stadium or something. They lit up their stadium in orange. Uh, as like support for Daniel during his like tough time, and then someone tweeted it saying like, um, if someone did this for me, I'll just retire. Like that's so embarrassing. The sympathy for Ricardo is insane. They're like, oh, we can't wait for him to be good again. Like, oh, he needs to come back. Oh, like can't wait until he's fasting. Like surely that's just patronizing at that point. Like it's just sad. Man. Like I think like he's obviously had like a good career and all of that, and he's won races and stuff. So when this happens, it's just it's so unfamiliar, and it's just like. Mm. Why is this happening yeah. to me? Ah, oh, sad. Well, I mean, that basically covers it. I mean, were there any, like, controversies or something? Oh, you know what? Yeah, actually, the FIA, Vettel, did you see? Actually, you probably didn't, in it. So I'm just going to be talking to myself. But when Vettel spun, he's done this before in Monza. I remember Monza distinctly. He spun in the Ferrari. I think it was 2019. And as he rejoins the track... I think he like crashes into Stroll. It was in Ascari. Uh, he crashes into Stroll, and then um, both of them do an unsafe rejoin, pretty much, because that's a fast area of the track. You're trying to spin your car around and get on the track as soon as possible. When he spun it, I think it was turn four. He does the 180, and as he's coming back on the track, he looks like he's about to crash into Sonoda. And I thought he might have at least got noted for that as an unsafe rejoin because it looked really dodgy on the thing. So I just wanted to mention it in case anyone else saw that or thought it might have been like, um, you know, like I I wouldn't have been surprised. Maybe not a penalty, but it definitely looked a little bit risky from him there. Uh, so I just thought that was worth noting. Um, you know, before we get into the predictions, just about the race in general. Uh, we've spoken about team orders. One last thing. Mercedes p3 and p4 which means in terms of pace they're horrendous but in terms of performance they've come away second best team from this race behind red bull do you think reliability because they haven't had any engine failures there yet but red bull have had what like three or something ferrari have now had probably like three yeah, red bull have had four, three. Three. Red bull have had four engine uh, four DNFs so far. Four DNFs, and then Ferrari have had science being pretty bad, and then a couple reliability issues. Like if this carries on, this is just buying Mercedes more time. So, do you think they could be still in it? Slightly, no, 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 sort no. Of. no. no. <laughs> no? all right. I think they'll want to stay stick to P3 so they get more time in the wind tunnel and stuff come mid-season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then, okay, so what do you think? This was the situation we were talking about earlier. If the uh, if the gap's really close and, you know... Exactly. So they'll want to keep the gap close. They want to keep the gap close. 
and then mid-season comes, they get their time, and then they jump ahead of the teams. And then Lewis Hamilton's second half of the season, and he wins the championship. No, he doesn't. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it here. I'm calling it here. Well, we Lewis Hamilton, second half of the season merchant, he's going to do it. Like yeah, we both know, we both know it's not going to happen. It'll get stolen. It'll, it, it it, he'll be he'll be walking time. around with a cane, bro. By the <laughs> like if the cars keep going like this, bro, Lewis will be walking around like with a cane, bro. By the season. I hate that you've just put the image in my head because I've just imagined him with the most like out like just insane outfit. Like I've imagined him with like Willy Wonka. Do you know what I mean? Like full on top hat, multicolored suit. And then the cane as well with the boots and stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. That's a great. I kind of want to Photoshop that now. All right, I might try it. By Photoshop, I just mean like Snapchat sticker. Right. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about the race, or nope. should we go straight into uh? Let's do predictions. Predictions. All right. So we do fantasy team first normally, don't we? Yeah. Can right. I just talk about fantasy. how I, I lost a league a lead for the first time? I know it's finally happened. It's finally happened. I've been waiting for this day for so long, and it wasn't even me. But our friend who, well, he's used this mega driver, so it's not like a nep he won. It's like everyone else has pitted, and he hasn't, but like the other way around. So it's like a, it's not really a nep he won, but we'll take it. By one point, by one singular point, he's ahead. Uh, it's and he did it by coming um by coming eighth in the race week with eighty seven points in Baku. Insane. I time. came I think I came last that week, honestly. Like, oh my god, how was he first? I've just seen this he turboed Leclerc, Science and Ferrari all in the team. That's insane. But do you know who did come first this race week? It was me. Come on, 147 points. I'm so annoyed I didn't switch out Ferrari for Red Bull. But listen, I'm just too elite. We've got Leclerc in there who retired, so nothing really happened. But I've turboed Perez because I'm actually so smart. I've got Gasly in there, Vettel and Alonso. All I needed to do, I think I've got spare money as well. So if I finesse that slightly, got Red Bull in there as the constructor, I could have had a banging week. But it wasn't meant to be. I'll take the first place. I am now... Fifth, two hundred points. <laughs> you, you didn't have to say it like that. Like you, you didn't have to say fifth like that. But I am fifth. But I'm, I'm like two hundred points behind first, which I will take. To be honest, I will take it. And I'm fifth by under a hundred. A hundred and like fifty points will get me third. So, listen, a good Mega Driver week will actually propel me to first. I just need a good sure. Mega Driver. Sure. See, that's the. Do you do you take the risk now or do you leave it to later? I don't know because I know for a fact people are going to start using them with only a couple races to go, and I don't want to. If I use it at the same week you do, then you know, like nothing really happens. So I need to do it at a week you don't, so I gain. Ah, we'll have to see. It's tough. It's heating up. I'll leave the code as I always do in the audio and the. Uh, YouTube description. So um, make sure you join. See if you can. We've got 13 members. Winner gets nothing at the moment, but we might come up with something maybe later. Um, Mega sweets. 
uh, and then we get our actual predictions. Let me see what happened. OK, so you're going to have to keep score for me. Qualifying. All right. You said it would be Leclerc, Max and Perez. I said Max, Perez, Leclerc. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, Leclerc got pole. Leclerc, Perez, Max. Perez. So you got, wait, did you get two of them? No, I got one. I got one as well. And then you got... Yeah, one, okay. All right, so one. the race, race. Was, you said Max Perez Charles. I said, oh, we both said the same thing. It was Max Perez Charles. So it's three so three, basically. Three, so that was even. Um, driver of the day. I think I know who it was. So you said Max. I said Fernando Alonso. And it was actually Lewis Hamilton. So Dead. neither of us there. Oh, no, I've just seen the number of DNFs you predicted, and that might be right. So I said two, you said five. One, two, three, four. It was five. It was five. You actually just finessed it by Ferrari engines. That's so uh, sad. Oh. Is that what, five, two now? Or is it six, two? I actually don't know, and I don't want to look. Yeah, it's five, two. Wait, no, it's not. I'm looking at the wrong week. You're, yeah, you're like that, you know, that crying face emoji. I just, you know, when I when so, I edited so, this afterwards, I put like a crying face emoji over your face. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Where is uh, it? Six two. Six two. Don't cry. <laughs> I can't believe this. I actually can't believe this. The DNFs. You scraped it by the DNFs. Scraped it. So. Nice. It's called a oh. talent, bro. It's Baku. Why? How would you predict two? It was like, boring. Two DNFs it was are Baku. It was boring. You were expecting crushes. There were no crushes. So I should have been right. It's backward, bro. Something like Max, Max's tire went out last time. Stroll, his tire went out last time. It's not a crash. They're just, they're tired. That's two retirements. That's two. <laughs> you know what happened like five minutes, like a while ago, actually, before we started? A bird literally flew into my window. Like it's off topic, but like I can literally see like remnants. <laughs> it just flew yeah. straight into the. It's like, oh, where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. Off topic, but incredibly funny. I was going to say it's better control than Latifi. No? All right, cool. Fine. Okay, quality top three. So we're going to uh, Canada in a couple of days for a quality double header that completely makes sense. Charles, just, Max, so, Charles Max Perez. Interesting. There was a tweet put out that said um, a lot of people now in F1 Twitter haven't seen, or just F1 fans in general, have never seen a Canadian Grand Prix, which is insane. That's to so be sad. That's I so know, sad. it's tragic. Imagine. Imagine we need a Jensen, Jensen Button type race now. Yeah, yeah. Right, what did you say? Leclerc first. Yeah, Charles, Max, Perez. And the V. All right. Oh, okay, so let me think about this. You think about it, and you still lose. Ball. So just I'm going to say about Perez it and you lose. Max. Perez before Max. Sure, he's still going to lose, so it doesn't make any difference. Just put Maybe. loose on Paul, bro. Shut up. Put loose on. Paul. I thought you were loose. He's really good yeah. at this track, to be fair. He's good at this track, but it's also bumpy, so I don't trust him. Take put loose on Paul, bro. I don't trust Mercedes. Okay, you know, race. Right, go on then. 
What do you reckon? Um, Max Perez tries. Max with another win. I don't trust Ferrari, bro. Yeah, that's understandable. You know, I'm going to go with... I'm going to say Perez. I don't know why. I just kind of want to back Perez. Is he good at this circuit? Is Perez good yeah. at Canada? Yeah, he's very good. He's last very time. good. He Canada. is elite, bro. And is the last Canadian Grand Prix. 2019. Oh, my God. That's bro, so he long. is the best at the Canadian Grand Prix, man. He, win, uh, he won uh, every single one. He always wins... Just put Paris to win. Come on, man. I, I want to because I don't just want to put Max. That's so boring. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say Max comes second. Or okay, do I say do Paris, Lewis, Lewis, George. Does he retire? Does Paris, he Lewis, George. Paris, Lewis, George. I'm going to say Perez, Charles, George. I'm going to say Max is retiring. Ah, oh, but does George actually... No, I'm going to go with science. I'm going to say the double Ferrari podium. You know what? I'm back in front. No, I'm not. George Russell... Does he finish? I like how, I like how you're backing George and you know, Lewis. Yeah, you know, no, no, you know, I'm gonna say Perez, Leclerc, Sainz. Sure. How about that? Sure. Go on then. Driver of the day. Max. Yeah, I'm gonna go Perez. Let's make this interesting. Pure differences. Or four DNS. Four DNS. Ah, oh, oh, that's a good number. That is a nice number of DNFs. Just copy me. Maybe then you get some points. You know, how about I'll just start going first and then I'll take the easy option and then you'll just switch up to make it interesting. How about that? No, I'll just copy you. Basically. If you if you take my choice, then I'll just do the same thing. I'll just copy you the whole year so I make sure I win. Wow. I'll complain to the FIA like Christian Horner. It's okay. The, oh, FIA is, the FIA might get removed. Did you hear about this? Oh, I mean, I saw something about this a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't seen an update since. And yes, and yes, that's off topic. Let's continue. It's just because yeah. you said oh. I can I think that's it, isn't it? Predictions. Yeah, we're all done. You're all right. Outro. Yeah, well, thank you for listening. If you got this far, um, check us out on our social medias and stuff. We've got like, I think we just hit 50 Twitter followers. So quality stuff. Yeah. Join the discussion. I'll try and be more active. Obviously, exam season and that. We weren't really. I was tweeting a little bit, but not as much. But try and get Twitter polls going, discussions, tweet us and that. Uh, I will see all the mentions, so if you want to say anything, I will definitely see it. I probably shouldn't have said that, but fair enough. Uh, we've got an Instagram, we've got a Twi uh, TikTok that we should start posting on again very soon. Uh, if you listen to the audio, check out the video. Leave a rating, actually, as well, like um, Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen on. We actually, like, we have basically four listeners. So if you just want to, like, help us out, it will help a lot. Trying to get us out there. We might actually have guests coming on soon. So, like, look out for that. I don't know. <laughs> we're taking this to the moon. To Ted Kravitz. That's where we're going. <laughs> to Ted Kravitz. Sure. So, yeah. Join the journey in that. Um. We will see you in pretty much a couple of days, probably, for the Canadian Grand Prix. Um, thank you for listening and goodbye.